0: Neighbor was outside with uh, her son, who's a two and a half year old kid, and our daughter, who's two years. And we have like a toy car that she drives around, right? And then your daughter, yeah the daughter the daughter drives. The- and so like, so my wife let the uh, my wife like the other kid was crying because he wanted to ride on the car, and my wife took our daughter off the car, and then she started crying. And then they and then she was like letting him ride the car and sitting there while the baby was crying. And I'm like, no, that's not how Yeah. Like I there's so much like the idea of first of all, like you should never you should never there's no sense of ownership with a toy for kids. It's like if you just constantly decide as a parent who gets to play with what toy then it's not the kid's toy. It's just a thing that he gets to use occasionally. So then don't call it his toy, call it an occasional uh, uh, tool that you can use. And then the other thing is like, when you let the other kid cry, when the other kid cries, he understands that like, oh, if I cry, then the parents will intervene and let me use this car. And they'll start doing this at an early age. And then, and then, what you're what you do as a parent or you know what most women do as, as parents is they'll be like okay you know you need to le- you need to share so you guys can l- learn to play together and enjoy playing with each other but what it actually does is it creates resentment between the two people that have to forcefully share these things Well, it, it creates resentment with the person who is ha- being forced to share and and then I don't even know what it does for the kid who gets to share because it's like he he knows that the other kid didn't willingly give it to him. so it's it's a loss for him too, and he doesn't really feel like they're being friends. And I noticed this with the kid too, because even like two and a half is pretty old. like he he wasn't he wasn't comfortable playing with the car. Like he was just throwing a tantrum because he was throwing a tantrum anyways. But then when he saw like our daughter crying, it was like he was just sitting still. And so then I was like, okay, let's just go inside. If since she's crying anyways, and you don't want to kick him off the thing, anyways, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. It's uh, the same way people deal with possessions, is the way they t- they deal with women. You know, one night stands, no ownership, no. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, they're toys, right? You got to share them. Got to share the diseases. Yeah. Got to share the venereal diseases. So. That, that's the problem. Now, the other thing is now your wife could have, out of generosity, wanted to share that thing with it, with the other kid, because he was a neighbor, not not a sibling. But this problem is more pronounced in siblings. And yeah, exactly, exactly what you said, it, the kid uh, thinks that you don't, he doesn't own the thing. So either make it clear and say, hey, this is a rental item that all you kids are getting to share on a rotation basis. I'm the owner of this. And that's sometimes what I do if there's one item. But ideally, it would be that... Like if Aisha has a, if my daughter has a doll or something, and if she's playing with it, then if my, my kid Hamza, if he takes it, then obviously it's her doll. So I'm going to be like, no, give it back to him. Right. But also he's like two so, or like, yeah, he's almost two. I would say that, hey, let's get something and then distract him with that and then take it back because you let your doll be taken by him. So if you're the owner, why don't you have it stored somewhere? But then she'll be like, oh, but I don't have a place to store it. So that's fair. Right, because she doesn't have her own room, right? <laughs> yeah. So I gotta, you gotta work with it, right? You gotta, you can't just assign blame based on these arbitrary rules. You gotta look at context. You gotta look at the scenario. You gotta just not be a dumbass. You gotta take Betamax masterclass.
0: Yeah. Although be- nothing can be taught. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And and this is the thing: parenting is similar to uh, raising your wife, very similar. Raising children, raising wives, and uh, people generally suck at both. QED. QED. Keep it moving. Yeah. No, it just,
0: uh, it also like, I noticed that mothers do this more and it creates, I I feel like a large part of these chicken shit guys is 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 a factor of being raised primarily by women. It's these mommy's boys that, you know, learn how to operate and get what they want based on purely manipulating their mothers. You know, and 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 women in general, teachers, and and then they tr- they use that same mentality on on people in general, because it generally like the kind of things you can do to manipulate women, they can also be done to manipulate like groups of people. They don't have uh, they don't have a mentality of just ownership on figure of doing stuff on their own, not in like doing stuff on their own, but like handling conflict on their own. It's yeah, like they, they don't.
1: They need to. And that and that like, directly ties into their marital failings. Yeah. Those kind of guys will, will fail with their wives. And, and you see this, because we grew up with guys like that, and we see them now. And it's not necessarily fail in the sense that they'll be divorced, but just fail from your perspective. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a failed marriage. Yeah. <laughs> like you look at it, it so like I, I would not want... it, yeah. see a failed marriage is one in which I see a guy and a, and a girl, and I say, would I trade places with that guy? Assuming all things were equal, right? assuming all other scenarios were equal, would I, would I trade my dynamic with my wife for his dynamic with his wife? We're not talking about who has a better-looking wife or who himself has a better life or wealth. All factors being equal, would I trade the way I interact with my wife and the way my, my wife interacts with me, would I trade that with his scenario? And uh, I have yet to met anyone so far in life, fiction or nonfiction, that I would trade this seems incredibly arrogant, but I honestly I have not met anyone on planet Earth yet who's alive and living in fiction or nonfiction who I would trade my current dynamic with my wife with, and not many people can say that. Yeah. And if they do, I know they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. This is why we sell the course, guys.
0: That's what they lie to themselves. Yeah, they have to lie to themselves primarily,
1: right? Cause... No, but see, the thing is, if they if they make that claim. Then I'd say that okay so is there anything that your wife does that you dislike? And then they'd say no. And then I'd say to them okay tell me something that your wife would do that you would dislike. And then you keep digging in and then you find out that they the reason they're accepted they've accepted that is because there's nothing that their wife would do that they would dislike. So they've defined it so
0: yeah, they don't <laughs> have know? they don't have the capability to dislike anything that their wife does because their wife is not someone It's like, it's like. Can you dislike, um,
1: you know, I don't know,
0: the weather? I mean, you can dislike. There's no. It's very
1: hard to come up with analogies for scenarios that are so absurd. (laughs) Analogies are are easy to come. uh, Good analogies come to you when when whatever you're trying to analogize is. uh, is no, realistic. It's realistic. It's
0: basically that they've they've accepted that their wife is out of their sphere of influence, right? Because then they have to accept that nothing can be. They can't dislike anything. They must accept everything she does because there's they can't change it, right? Yeah, that's the only way they'd come to that conclusion that they like everything. You know, you know when those there's people who are like, yeah, you know, I like everything about her. You know, even the fight. Sometimes she gets on my nerves, but I still like. There's nothing I would change.
1: Yeah, they don't discriminate in any way about anything. So the reason I I mentioned talking pillows, relating to your point, it's that whole forced sharing, right? No one owns, no one has the right to command attention in a social gathering based on the organic interest levels generated by their conversations. We must equally distribute that synthetically with a talking pillow as a mascot. That's, That's the crux of Skylar from Breaking Bad, if anyone doesn't get that reference. So... Yeah, and that's... Uh...
0: Yeah, and it's kind of the same, like it's the same mentality because a toy can also be, like the conversation, the person, from their perspective, they think that the person who enjoys the conversation the most is the one who's getting to talk. It's like talking is the enjoyment aspect and therefore you must share the enjoyment of talking. It's you an know?
1: egotistical position. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's denying the reality that some people enjoy listening to other people more and it's so it's like a lose lose. It's denying people, many realities.
1: Yeah. One is that what you mentioned that some people enjoy listening more, but it's also that some people intrinsically are more interesting. Yeah. So you could be an introverted person who enjoys speaking less, while at the same time have something interesting to say. Yeah.
0: No, that's what I meant by the they enjoy listening more. It's like the, some people enjoy listening to certain people more and certain people yeah. less, and so they they'll. They, they don't want to, they don't want to have that discrimination applied either. yeah it's
1: it's the whole uniform obsession right yeah. the same people who are obsessed with uniforms and uniformity as a principle will look for equality equality is is a terrible thing and it's a another plague equality punctuality uniformity all these things are terrible these are not th- think about it if uniformity and equality and punctuality all these values were so important then wouldn't God imbue nature with them? Is nature uniform? Nothing about nature is uniform. Is nature punctual? Nothing about nature is punctual. Right. So uniformity and punctuality are mental diseases. They're not uh, uh, virtuous principles that a society should be proud of. Yeah. It's just that we've been so corrupted by all these ideologies, even in traditional culture to a certain degree these are not uh, there's nothing there's nothing good about uniformity right uniformity leads to androgynous convergence in a way yeah it leads to a lot of perverted sexual ideologies a lot of perversion is directly connected to the ideas of uniformity and punctuality and if you can't see that then you're a dumbass
0: yeah you know what's funny i remember in school I, i don't know if this was in school university something like that It's like, I remember someone was mentioning, oh, you know, Islam is so dumb. Why isn't your religious holiday like on a fixed day like Christmas? Exactly. It's like, that's what happens when men, like man decides a religious, uh, basically creates a religion like Christmas. They they pick a single day of the year and it's like, and it should be snowing. And then like half the world, it doesn't snow on that day. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. Anyways. Yeah.
1: Now there was another point I was gonna say about uh, the punctuality thing.
0: Androgynous convergence. That's a. That's a really. They really have that a lot in anime. Yeah, it's they an obsession do. with that. It anime video, video games, actually, it's just even uh, music. A lot of these musicians tend to be androgynously converging.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's the spirit of the times. Yeah. Right. You can't really change that. So. So this is kind of like that whole conflict conflict resolution, you know, please everyone at all times. So that's uh, relative to your sharing thing, relevant to your sharing thing, that everyone has to be... See, the nature of sharing is that if you own something and it creates happiness in someone, unhappiness in someone else, then you need to equalize for that. So now your ownership has to be divided up because emotional equality takes precedence over property, right? If I have a wife, right? And this is funny because the first sin, which was committed by uh, Habil and Qabil, right? Or Qabil, right, not yeah. Habil. But uh, the whole point of that was that the woman, his sister wanted to marry one of them, not the other one. So there was an imbalance and he was entitled to split that imbalance or like to bring it on his side. So it's, it's just that tantrum and it's not it's not gonna be shared. Now maybe it was if it was a toy they might have tried to share it, but the point was driven home, and that was the first sin and the first crime. So it's like, come on, learn your lesson. How dumb are you, Muslims? Yeah, Muslims, wake up! And it's the Muslims do that do this a lot more.
0: The sharing thing.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. like Well, ra- the Muslims in the West, because yeah. they tend to be Muslims in the West, are honestly the worst. Like yeah. character-wise, they're just they're just cringe. They, f- they take the shitty aspects of everything. Yeah. You take shitty the shitty aspects of Western culture and the shitty aspects of your culture and then the cringe aspects of both cultures and you get this incredibly yeah. pathetic...
0: Well, I mean, we're technically Muslims in the West.
1: No, but we do the opposite. We take the other aspects from yeah. both.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was... I, I think it's just a... It's a class thing. Like, I think the these this certain type of immigrants because even the non-muslim immigrants that fall like the same class of people that come from other areas that are not muslim they'll kind of have the same mentality and same lifestyle and same i mean I'm, ge- I'm i'm generalizing yeah
1: right but but it's generally true
0: yeah no it's de- i've definitely i mean that's why I didn't really there's definitely a difference between the people that born and raised here versus came over yeah like first generation like second generation i don't know what generation it's called
1: but true part of me is like uh, i don't want to hold on to any of these topics anymore i want to just knock them out one by one by one because there's no scarcity of topics all right and there's no need to milk this right you know what i mean yeah. Like oh let's make one episode and just drag it around. No, let's do 15 topics. Yeah,
0: it just makes the episode more painful to record. It's yeah. like, oh shit, now we we just finished a meta discussion. It's like we just we have a talking point and it's like, oh we 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 only did 15 minutes. Let's try and milk it for another 15 <laughs> minutes, 30 minutes, we can call it an episode.
1: <laughs> it's stupid. It's, it's like <laughs> it's being cheap in your creativity. It also
0: actually it limits the conversation in the moment too because when you're constantly thinking about trying to drag on the conversation it's like you're forgetting about you're mi- you're probably missing so many different and, opportunities and it
1: disrespects your audience it's like the difference between a good band like Opeth which gives you 15-20 riffs in a song yeah. versus like a like a kanjus you know yeah. it's like I'm gonna, gonna give you one verse and then chorus and repeat it over and over again and then turn that into an album no my one song is worth uh, your entire album so our one episode is worth 10 episodes yeah, and we're just making
0: 30 episodes a day or yeah. a week.
1: Anyways, okay, All so right. the other... Pirate code. So this is a concept about... See, there's there's a connection between... This is
0: actually... I feel like this is related to the talking pillows. It might be, yeah. You know, or maybe I'm interpreting it differently. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so the pirate code is basically an approach to life in which you don't focus on a preconceived outcome or goal. You you take what's available quite literally, but you're effective in being resourceful and opportunistic based on reality. Right. And the reason a lot of guys fail in getting married is because they don't have the pirate code. Yeah. Right. So when you're a pirate, you go on the torrent website, you don't have Hey, I want to play this game. No, you see which games are already cracked. You see which software is available. You see which movies have already been released. Similarly, if you're a guy looking for a wife, you, you you don't have this list. You see, okay, what are my options? You ask your parents, you ask your network. Okay, I got these five women. Okay, let's take the hottest one of these and get married right now. That's yeah, what pirates exactly.
0: do. Or like just the one. Like, it's like, oh, this one's available. She's good. She's young. Let's do it. Because like, cause that's free, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it a- also... The inverse of pirate code, because you're looking at you're looking at pirate code from this idea of like, oh, we only have these few options. But if you if you inverse that, you're like a wealthy person who has a lot of money and everything. But if you're if you don't have that pirate code mentality, then you're still unsatisfied. Exactly. exactly. Even out of all the options you have you're still like something's missing, you know, or like, ah, I gotta get this thing or I wanna do this instead. Yeah,
1: so the assumption a pirate isn't necessarily someone with limited choice. Yeah. A pirate is just someone who acknowledges his selection and choice and then makes his decision based on the reality of that, as opposed to artificially inflating or deflating and then creating unnecessary decision fatigue and just not going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, you can apply this mentality to real pirates too. And this is how they work. You know, they, they're sailing the oceans looking for, oh, there's a ship, let's steal all their money, like, or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it, it's not about morality here. I'm just using this to illustrate an underlying philosophy. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you get what you can. So, brain fog, specificity avoidance. This is another thing. So what this is about is...
0: Is this all related to our earlier discussion on... uh,
1: Everything is related to everything. You can move from any point to anywhere instantly. No, 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 no. There are no transitions. I'm
0: not not, not talking about uh, the podcast. I'm talking about... Because we had the specificity discussion on Telegram.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, everything's... Even in that case, everything's related. Yeah. Yeah. But what I mean (laughs) is with with this thing is... uh, Yeah, it's exactly that. So a lot of people will give you advice that's meant to signal that they know the thing that you're asking without them having to actually explain it. So a a random example. So if you found something online and you bought it for a certain price, and then someone says, hey, you know, you could have found this used on this flea market, you know, like something like that. And then you tell them, okay, where, when, what, how, give me the exact specifics tell me where I can order this right now. Give me the site. How much is it? How long does it be specific? You can't because it's just bullshit. Yeah, You're throwing out junk to make yourself seem more competent. And this is the problem, right? So if someone asks you, oh, I need assistance in getting married or whatever, right? The problem why most general advice doesn't work is because what's your context? If I was with the person who's asking me this, i'd say okay call your mom into the room let's talk to her yeah right let's ask her hey auntie, you want to you want to you get your son married right like who, who do you know are there any girls available what are their names how old are they do you have their number call them now let's talk right now <laughs> yeah. oh when can they meet tomorrow morning what time yeah. right do they want to get married did you ask them that call them right now and and while i'm while i'm with you say that, you know, and this is the problem. People are not specific. This reminds me of this thing back in in high school where if I let someone borrow something and I tell them, hey, you'll bring it back tomorrow, I need it back, like a notebook or something. And then a lot of them would forget, right? So then you have to go down the ladder of abstraction. You gotta go be more specific and say, hey, can you bring this back tomorrow? Can you just, as soon as you go home, can you put it in your bag? They'd still forget. Then you'd call them and say, Hey, can you remember that thing that I uh, let you borrow? Can you bring it back tomorrow? Still forget. Okay, I'm gonna call you. Hey, you know that thing? Okay, yeah, go put it in your bag right now, okay? Still forget. Say, Hey, you know that thing that I let you borrow? Okay, I'm gonna hold the phone. Go put it in your bag right now, okay? And then I'm holding the phone. Did you put it in your bag? Yeah, still forget. Hey, you know that thing that I let you borrow? Go put it in your bag. Tell me which pocket of your bag did you put it in and make sure I can hear the zipper. Okay, bring the bag here and make that zipper noise. And then okay. tell me, is it in the bag? Yeah, and I've literally done this. Okay, so I'll have that thing tomorrow, right? All right, this is people. This is why people work really well as wage slaves. This is the way you need. People want enslavement. So I was I was slave driving these people. It's like, bring me back that thing yeah right so yeah and this is uh connected to specificity avoidance brain fog i mean you you have to be brain fog to forget this kind of stuff well that's like that's the opposite of specificity avoidance i guess they were avoiding it i yeah. wasn't
0: <laughs> they're like yeah i'll bring it
1: yeah true. true, true it's, yeah. it's tangentially related yeah but it's
0: i think the specificity avoidance is like we had a discussion that time about, you know, the advice giving where they give advice that's not actually applicable. Like, it's kind of related to Yeah, that the vague whole, advice. Yeah, vague advice that's like, it's just like, just so that you can say that you gave the advice, you know? It's like, just create that vertical relationship in that moment. It's like, oh, you, you're building a PC? You know, I know how to get parts for so much cheaper from, you know, <laughs> I got many, that reference. So many... <laughs> No, that, there's yeah. there's so many people that have said that. Oh, really? You know, I literally I posted my PC for sale on Marketplace, and I had this one dude who like respond. Did I tell you this? Maybe. Yeah, he respond. He posts. He responds to my uh, PC. So I listed it for a thousand dollars and it doesn't even have a. It has like an old graphics card in it. It's not meant to be a gaming computer, right? And the guy was like messaging me, and he was like, "Oh, that's such a that's a horrible price for that PC." It's like, and then he sends me his build. I built this for. Uh, 700 or like so much cheaper and it's got a better graphics card and I'm like and, and his computer is obviously way worse because it had a shitty CPU didn't have a great case didn't have any storage because mine had like 8 terabytes of storage as well because it was meant to be for basically storing media and yeah music and so yeah and then it ended up actually selling for the price that I listed it at by some guy who understood the value of the PC he was like oh it's so clean I can just put a graphics card in it and
1: it's now, the question is that guy who was arguing against you, yeah. why is he looking for a PC, though, if his PC is so good?
0: Yeah, no, I just responded. I, I was like, I responded to him like, yeah, man, I just don't know how to build PCs. Teach me, please. Oh. And then he didn't respond after that because he yeah. probably got triggered by the fact that I didn't get triggered
1: by uh, him. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. No, I get that, yeah. That was that was the original direction of, of this thing. But, you know, it, yeah, yeah. The example I used was about the marriage thing, but it applies across all these different things. Yeah. Yeah, I think those... those it's also
0: like the Q&A thing, you know, like on those... Re- I mean, Reddit is the classic example or like...
1: Yeah, people uh, like this general fuzzy, warm feeling advice, yeah. which doesn't actually solve their problems. People want to be emotionally massaged. Yeah. Right? No, what is this nonsense? What is this emotional massage... The thing is that doesn't actually help you even emotionally. Yeah. It doesn't help anyone. It's just wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's hard to say like, can, like what advice is actually useful? Like very I don't little. Think, the very only little. thing that's actually useful is
1: figuring it out yourself
0: is spending time with people. Actually just doing stuff with people. That's, that would be useful. Like, I think like, like just spending time, like chat, talking. I would say talking is yeah. useful. Like discussing ideas talking together. Is, yeah. That's how you actually would learn how to solve your own problems better. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah.
1: No, you got to take ownership of your problems. Yeah. Start sounding cliche a bit though. Take ownership of your problems. Yeah. But it is kind of that.
0: No, at the end of the day, decision making is a skill... Like anything, and if you don't make de- you never made decisions for twelve years while you were in school, you didn't make decisions for five years in in college. you're still not making decisions. you you're just waiting for your spouse to land on your lap and you know be the the perfect one. And then after yeah. you get married, you still don't want to make decisions. and then, yeah,
1: yeah, that's the problem. People don't want to make the decisions. Yeah. so well, we touched on talking pillows. Fight Club, Pirate Code, Brain Fog. Brain Fog is. We didn't is... actually
0: go into the con-
1: wait. We you like tu- you
0: literally touched on conflict through. No, the the original talking discussion of that was like how certain people will please people, but certain people will um, respond to people uh, like negatively when when they have a conflict, and certain people will just be passive, and I was and the and i was saying that for each person who's doing that mode of conflict resolution it's like the same level of difficulty because it's their preferred method of resolving the conflict even if one is objectively in a sense harder than the other or easier than the other yeah what, what do you think about that do you, like do you actually think that or is there actually like is it actually harder to be the person who pleases everyone or harder to be the person who just doesn't care about how other people feel or
1: i think in both cases they're pleasing themselves because the the one person derives pleasure out of feeling yeah, that,
0: that's what i was yeah. saying so it's like exactly. oh, it's all the same it's all yeah. the same yeah so it's like
1: yeah yeah because this is what uh i was talking to a friend and he mentioned this this agreeability versus disagreeability kind of thing so that agree- agreeable people they suffer more because they 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 have to it was like no they don't yeah because they enjoy being suffering. agreeable. Yeah, yeah, it's not suffering. They, they like to claim it's suffering. They
0: want to they want to have their kick and need to do it. It's, it's like, like it's
1: like me saying I'm disagreeable. I suffer because, you know, everyone gets triggered by me. No, but I enjoy being disagreeable. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and lie about this just to gain sympathy points, but that's the nature of being agreeable is part of that is that extraction of sympathy. Yeah. That's why to me agreeability and disagreeability are not They're not on this uh, neutral spectrum. I put disagreeability higher than agreeability. Agreeability is the neurotic failure. Disagreeability is 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 a positive trait. Yeah. 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 So, because you you have to look at these traits not just based on some data points, right? You got to, at least I look at them based on how they manifest to me in reality and evaluate them intuitively. And to me, agreeability, at least the modern iteration, the way it's defined behaviorally, is a pathological uh, temperament. It's not a. It's not a positive. It's not two sides of different uh, typologies. It's it's one is. It's like the neuroticism spectrum. I'd put it that way. Well, See,
0: I think I don't know. I feel like at some level, neurotic people tend to be more agreeable. Agreeable,
1: yeah. Like, is that is there? Yeah, there's connection. There, yeah. yeah. Disagreeable people are generally.
0: Or maybe it's that people that are people that want. To be disagreeable, they when they are neurotic, they tend to be agreeable. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because exactly. yeah, because neuroticism generally comes with when your internals don't align with your externals. Yeah. So okay. if you're thinking something but saying something else. Yeah. So technically,
0: you could be high neuroticism and yeah. High but anyways, this yeah, is
1: anyway. a, this is such a bore of a topic. Who yeah. gives a shit about this, really? Well, I don't know. Do people? <laughs> Maybe. maybe maybe some people do. Yeah. Well, I don't. Not at this moment.
0: Not. And that's all that matters. Active. I'm disagreeable. Active interest in uh, What is it?
1: <laughs> in the current moment, fascination yeah. is work ethic.
0: Yeah. No, there's the other one. I, Pat, present utility, active interest. Was that the...
1: Yeah, that was from a book. Yeah. Teaching with your mouth shut. It's that uh, whenever you're learning something, there has to be pre- an active interest of, or a present utility. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah now I was reformulating it in my yeah. mind yeah you know we were talking about something earlier off camera and there were a few topics in there yeah and I kind of just the thing is when I turn on the lights put on the shades and everything everything brain fogs right yeah, yeah. the just the the
0: yeah the brain the, fog was real
1: yeah so but we gotta get acclimated to this yeah yeah and it's much better with the lights a bit dimmer yeah so what were some of those topics we were discussing let's see actually what what things were discussed oh. in the group right and then bring something up from there sure cuz there was i feel like there were a he, lot of oh
0: he actually asked the question
1: how far back we going
0: oh yeah the philosopher the philosophers yeah you don't want to listen to these philosophers man people in their house yeah they, that's
1: actually uh they don't have lives that's actually uh, a-, a good question yeah so that that philosopher thing we can discuss that so this is the whole thing right that people think that if you're good at one thing you can't be good at the other thing that they've defined as mutually exclusive to it, right? So if you're smart, you must be weak. If you're creative, you must be not technical. If you're, if you're technical, you can't be creative, you know, the right side of the brain, left side of the brain. If you're, if you read a lot of books, you're probably no fun at parties or whatever shit like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So no, first of all, and second of all, any domain in which you can improve, that act of improving is the meta. So if you get better at improvement, then all other things become better for you. So if you've learned how to read, for example, then chances are learning how to write becomes easier for you. If you've learned how to write and think, then chances are doing some activity that's physical becomes easier because the writing, reading, and thinking aspect of that activity is facilitated because yeah. you're proficient in that.
0: But I think I think one issue with that is the way that, I think the way that it manifests with most people is that they only get good at the one thing. A lot of people do, and so they don't actually improve their meta skill of getting good at things because getting good at things requires you to get good at things, plural, not just thing. Because once you've gotten good at something, you're just constantly, you're not actually at you're not actually expanding your... So at some level, they are correct, but then at some level, they're also incorrect. Uh,
1: I'm not sure if this is what you meant, but yeah. what I'd say is that they actually aren't even good at that one thing. Because what they've, what they've gotten good at is doing the motions and being perceived by larger society at being proficient. So they're parroting proficiency.
0: True, true. Because if they were truly proficient, then they'd be constantly improving
1: in a way that would simulate learning something new. It would naturally lend itself to diversion in their field.
0: Yeah, no, but I'm saying like even, even if they don't diverge, they would still be, if there truly actually is room for improvement and growth, then they it would be as if they're learning something new, you know?
1: No, and and think about it like this. There's, there isn't a strict isolation of fields, right? It's not that yeah. chemistry is completely separate from biology and any improvement within a field of chemistry will enlarge your chemistry field, meaning it'll take you one step closer to one of the other yeah, fields. Yeah.
0: Wait, it was, it was, was this in that one book you mentioned or is it was maybe an excerpt you posted something about like how, uh, you know, y- if you have, if you're like an expert at this thing. But then you also but and your goal is to like, you want to be you want to be someone who stands out. Let's say right, and you're already an expert at this one thing. But then you learn this other thing and this and these and this other thing, and then you connect these three things. Now you're an expert at doing X with Y with Z,
1: and so it's like you. This was, I think, an inadequate equilibria. Was it oh, okay? It's yeah, like it was a, a point mentioned about how to be successful at yeah, a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so exactly, it's kind
0: of related because it's like once you. Because if you only do the one thing, then you're, the vertical growth is so high. But if you expand and that's, and if you're actually intelligent, then you will expand because that's the only way.
1: Exactly. To, to make so something like, worth.
0: And it's not even just like a purely business. Like it's it's like, even if you wanna actually make something of value in life, you have to do that because otherwise if you just go the vertical, then you're just you're just treading a path that someone's already done.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's the same thing with products and, and services and art. You take two different verticals, almost, and then you combine them in a unique way. Yeah. Right? And obviously, in order to do that, you have to be good at two separate things, which is kind of the point we're proving here, yeah. that it is possible. But it's rare. And because it's not the norm... See, that's the thing. People don't think in terms of possibilities. They think in terms of actualities, ironically. Yeah. Not in terms of the pirate code, but in terms of these things, when it, when it serves to limit them, they will use reality. And when it serves to uh, limit them in the other way, they'll, create, they'll try to limit themselves as best as possible. When reality helps to limit, they will use reality. When delusion helps to limit, they will use delusion. So in the case of marriage, delusion helps limiting better. And in the case of this reality, the norms help themselves limit. So it's all about minimizing risk. And possibility because in both cases there's always the chance that if you do get married or if you do go into this new field you'll fail and of course you will so this avoidance of failure this because they want to, they want to be God right and God doesn't fail but God actually does stuff they're like this empty they want to be this God who doesn't do anything
0: yeah you
1: know the God that just sits around and does nothing and that's how they define God sometimes God yeah. doesn't care about you he has more important things to do. Okay. And you know that? (laughs) Who told you that? (laughs) Yeah. No. And
0: also like the Western definition of like gods where they like, Oh, it's just some guy in the sky. We just not doing anything.
1: Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting how they, they create this God complex in themselves. And then they use that God complex to define God. Define God's attributes. Yeah. It's, it's, And obviously, you're not going to end up with a God construct that's worth worshiping. And that's the whole point. In order to reject God, you must first have a God complex. Then you must impose that God complex to your construct of God. And that allows you, with valid justification, to reject God or to villainize him or to reduce him to something that's worse than mortal.
0: Yeah. The idea that you can understand God's intentions you know like
1: yeah by definition that's not possible yeah it's but i mean these people they need to slap